It's so funny because I remember seeing this in theaters, 1996. Yeah. Um, and I there's something so iconic about that fucking cow. It is. To where, like, even on, like, I feel like on the movie poster, or, like, I feel well, like there's some... In the some, movie poster yeah. and then also in the... Um, in the experience, the Twister experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have the cow. The cow's not in the movie theater, yeah. but he is, they brought in, because I don't know why, but for everyone, that cow, the idea that this cow could move and like yeah. all this other stuff. I think it was also included in the trailer, too, yes. they had the cow featured. So, we got yeah. cows. And then later on, Aunt Maze is like, oh, you have a lot of beef. Did you see my cows outside? <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> hey, TC, what time is it? Uh, it's time for a makeover. Hi, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. And welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take movies you love and thank you love, guilty pleasures or downright hate, and give them a much-needed update. We'll revisit some of your favorite classics and see what's worth keeping and what doesn't hold up. So if you remember Blockbuster Movie Nights or one of the founders of Netflix and Chill, this podcast is for you. Every episode, we'll review the good, the bad, and ultimately, the makeover, where we pitch our changes for the film or cast our own reboots. So this week, we're starting off with the 1996... 1996. Classic. Classic movie. Uh, Twister, featuring Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Now, when we decided we were going to do Twister, like... There was a moment where I was like, oh, no, that movie's ridiculous. That movie's ridiculous. We have to add it. And then I I turned it on, and I was like, hold up. Did I make a bad call? Like, is this low-key, like, a great movie? (laughs) To answer that question, no, not really. (laughs) I think it's really interesting because I actually... I... Thought of... You and I grew up in Orlando. Yeah. So, a lot when you brought up Twister, I was like... That movie that the ride is based on, you know, like or the experience. The experience, yeah. <laughs> the Universal Orlando used to have a Twister experience where you would basically go and you would see the drive-in scene from this movie, kind of acted out with props and sets, and it's actually quite impressive. It actually um, is quite impressive, and on top of that. Uh, I was there for the launch of that. Oh, the premiere! Yeah, the Ooh, premiere. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I went to that. I was one of the very first people who got to do the experience, and I think at the time, again, it made sense. And you were like, "Oh, this is so cool," but it's just so outdated. Uh, anyway, getting back to a Twister. Getting back to a Twister. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I let's let's do the summary first. Yeah, sure, sure. And sure. Then let's right. jump in. Yeah. So, um, Bill and Joe Harding. Um, advanced storm chasers on the brink of divorce must join together to create an advanced weather alert system by putting themselves in the crosshairs of extremely violent tornadoes. Um, as CJ mentioned before, this was released in 1996. It had a budget of $92 million. Box office, $494.5 million. It's the second... High, yeah, it was a smash hit. Blockbuster. <laughs> it's the second highest grossing movie of 1996, just behind Independence Day. Just behind Independence Day. Yeah. First of all, great year for movies. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, a fantastic <laughs> year because Mission Impossible came out that year. Like it did. It did really great for the year it came out. Um, however, it's not scored that way. Like no. I, IMDb has it as a 6.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes 57 percent. And Roger Ebert two two and a half stars. Ooh, did Roger say anything in particular about it? Um, he said if. You want to uh, see like a fun action movie? This is great. If you want to think or use your brain at all, this is not the movie for you. <laughs> to, see, su- to quote, to yeah. summarize, yeah. So I think for me, 
and I, I want to get into this because I never really did the research on it. Yeah. But when I watched this, one of the things that I thought was good, I was like, this is a science movie. Like, it, it never treats its audience, like, especially dumb. Well, that's what I, like, and I couldn't really find anything online, and I'm going to have to do some additional research because there was a lot of just talk of science, and I had to question, I was like, how much of this is actually legit? And uh, here's the thing, what I'm saying by that is, I agree with you, I would like to see how factual it is. Yeah. But I like the idea that it never once assumes its audience is dumb. It's just yeah. like, by the way, this is what's going on, This is, and we're moving forward. And I, I do, and I, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I, I, one thing I want to say is I want to talk about the cast real fast, because this oh movie my has God. Let's such talk about an cast. interesting cast. So uh, it stars Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt as the lead. Um, Bill Paxton's fiance is played by 80s screen oh. legend Jamie Gertz. I'm I so love her with you. so much. Um, we have... Probably one of my favorite Phil Seymour. Yes, I was like, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is amazing in this movie. And what's so interesting is that this movie came out around the same time as Patch Adams. And he is a completely different person in that movie. That, I like, didn't even know that was the same year he that did that. That should have been our clue. I think it was either that year or just right after it. But that should have been our clue that, like, this guy can do anything. Because he is just, I would believe he is a, a crazy metalhead adventure junkie yes. in this movie he makes so much sense in this role and, and he, he plays it and he lightens the movie. he's great uh, a great comedic touch in a lot of points i never felt like well i i never felt like he was too too much because yes. he just he still was able to constrain especially during the softer moments of the yeah. film um also just i just want to throw this out there that the actor uh carrie Ewells is in this movie who i know from princess bride and a bunch of other great films um, and Alan Ruck, who I, I was like, Alan Ruck. Are we not going to talk about Alan Ruck? Credit, but Alan Ruck, you guys will know as Ferris Bueller's best friend, who was sick. Um, he was also <laughs> on Spin City with Michael J. Fox, but he's a great character actor. And actually, you know what? Going down the list, I couldn't really recognize a lot of the other side characters. I could. Of the squad, I mean, but yeah, that's what I mean. I recognize them as those people who were in like one episode of that one show one yes. time. I mean, a, a lot of them. I was just like, this this movie does really great. At its side characters. Whoever yeah. was a casting agent for this movie nailed up and coming people. Half of the people in like the Twister Squad, whatever we yes. want to call them, I don't know that I ever Storm got a chasers. name for them. I don't know that I ever got any backstory, but I kind of don't care. Well, so, all right, so I think we should just get into the good. Because, okay. first of all, the cast was one of my first notes on yeah. the good. Yeah. Um, the cast oh. is fantastic. Okay, I might have to argue with you a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm just going to say, no, I think that. First of all, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt immediately chemistry. I like, will agree. There's chemistry there. Great chemistry there. They feel lived in. Matter of fact, th- this entire family, when Bill shows up to the Storm Chasers... And they're like, and, great to have you back, yeah, Bill! Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you believed, and you know that they, they are have family. history. Yeah. They know that they're a family. You don't know anyone's relation to anything. No, but you're kind of like, oh, yeah. You automatically, like, you kind of come in like uh, the fiancé... And that's why I love Jamie Gertz's character because she is us. She yes. is the person that Melissa. they're explaining things to. They're explaining the science whenever there's questions. She's the one who's reacting like, guys, this is crazy the way we yes. would as the audience. Yes. Melissa yeah. is definitely a stand-in for the audience. Yeah. And most of the exposition we get is told to Melissa, which I like because they natural. even put that in there where it's like, yeah, it felt natural. They're not just saying exposition where you're like, why in the world would you and say And also, this? without her character there, there would be no reason for these team of experts to, like, talk the nuts and bolts of this, yeah. like, explain it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, they're playing movies where 
they'll have exposition, and you're like, who are you talking to? The other people who have been doing this for 22 years? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but this time, they're explaining everything to Melissa, and it kind of puts things into context. And so I really, really, Dr. Melissa, by the way, because yeah. we're going to get into that, mm-hmm. and I love it. But um, I, I, liked every, I liked all of those characters because they felt real. Again, you knew exactly who... Uh, I think Rusty was supposed to be. Yeah. You see Rusty and you're like, I know a Rusty. We all know a we Rusty. We all know a Rusty. <laughs> um, then there's like the straight-laced one. Yeah. And it's just like, I just loved all of the little minor minor characters. This um, We're getting prime Hunt in this yes. movie. Prime Helen Hunt. Absolutely. Mad about you, Helen Hunt. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I just, I immediately, one of the first notes that I wrote was that I loved the casting in here for the most part. Yeah. Because almost everyone plays their character true to form. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that I really loved, although I had some issues with it, like logically, but the cold open sets this movie up Dude, so well. So I, this is why I waited and I wanted to see. For me, I said the same thing. I was like, if you were to just show me that opening scene, yeah, you have as much money as you need. And they didn't even have that much money, according to you. This is like a, that opening scene sets the tone of the movie so well. And you yeah. understand. For me, it was interesting because I was like, this is a horror movie. This is a thriller, but the a monster movie. But yeah. the monster is nature. And yeah. it's not like the happening where the monster is nature. It's like, no, this is like real things. Our, our, it's our very grown. Yeah. is mother nature. Man versus nature and that's where our real story is, and it's done so well in the in the first five minutes. And it's not as though it's one of these like guys. We have the worst tsunami in the history, whatever. It's Day like, after tomorrow. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not this like larger than life nature. It's like no, this is a very real, very um, common yeah. uh, thing that's happening in the Midwest that w- has not been explored in film up until this point, as far as I know. And that and that's what I wanted to say. For me, it wasn't even like. It's not even like volcano or Dante's yeah, Peak, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like a, again, this is disrupting once in a lifetime. This volcano's inactive, but it went off anyway. Yeah, it's not that. Uh, it's this is the regular. This, this is norm. Yeah, this is these people's lives. And as a matter of fact, we see very early on the motivating force behind Joe's passion and the motivating force to why like when you're they're going into these storms and they're doing shit that's batshit crazy you're like oh but they're doing it for the betterment of mankind Absolutely. so like I can't even like yeah they, literally they say it, they right now the technology we have right now gives them a three minute notice yeah. three minutes is nothing if we can get in there and get this technology up to date, we can give them 15 minutes. Which you're like, I mean, first of all, you already set the stakes. You've already given yourself a pass almost for everything else that comes And as the viewers, because of that cold opening, we understand the difference between 3 and 15 minutes and what that means. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because of the cold opening. And they just constantly... Again, I think that... The first half of this movie is so brilliantly done for me because it's so relatable. It's so grounded. It's so real. That first half, everything has motivation. Everything has heart. And you are along for the ride. Um, And not only are you along for the ride, but they explain everything as you go. One of the things I really loved, too, was that even though there was quite a bit of special effects in this movie, there was also quite a bit of practical effects, which I love. As as being in this culture that's so saturated in CGI, where I'm just like, this, like, 
I understand the picture you're trying to paint, but none of this feels based in reality. I love the moments in this movie where I know I'm seeing a practical effect, where I'm seeing actual hail come down from the sky, not yeah. CGI hail. Like Absolutely. things like that, I loved. Absolutely. So, do you know the story behind that? I I actually heard a lot about like read a lot about the behind the scenes stuff of this movie. Well, the thing I was going to say is that the director, whose name is uh, I think Jean de Bon. Yes, like yeah. That. This was directed by Jean. De bon. He also directed um, Speed. Oh God, and beautiful. S- in Speed 2. All right, well, bless them. <laughs> so, so he has some highs and some lows in yeah. the same... Uh, <laughs> well, this was also, and we'll get back to this, uh, written by Michael Critchen, who did Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, written by Michael Critchen, and then also, is it Crichton? Crichton. Michael yeah, Michael Crichton. Crichton. Yeah, yeah. It's also written by Michael Crichton, but uh, had ghostwriters by Joss... Joss uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Joss, Joss Whedon? Joss Whedon, yeah. Yeah. And someone else, too. They were, like, script doctors. Yeah, they punched yeah. up the, but, the I mean, again, I was like, Joss Whedon is known for, like, bringing heart to characters, and it makes me think that he had a lot to do with the first I half. I think he does a lot of script doctoring work, yeah, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And the first half of this, again, I'm just so in love with. As you said, I questioned whether or not this was anything that needed to be improved. Yeah. Because I was like, you guys are nailing it. For 1996, you're just knocking it out of the park. One of the really the, the things that I really loved, there was this subtle moment. So the whole premise is that like uh, Bill Paxton's character, who's also named Bill, is trying to get um, Helen Hunt to sign these divorce papers. Right? Yes. So he goes to where Helen Hunt and her like camp is set up, and then you see that she's still wearing the wedding dude, ring. Dude, and dude, that, dude, it's dude. hardly it, there's hardly any like attention on it, but she just has this wedding ring. She clearly takes off her class ring and covers the wedding ring with it. But I was like, that tells me so much without saying anything. I love that you say that because the very the first note that I wrote after the casting yeah. was. The that in that scene, you find out that he's there to get a divorce so he can marry this new Dr. Melissa. And you already, like, they kind of set it up and you're, at first I was even like, oh, is this like a rom-com thing? But they even play, like, the romance perfectly, in my opinion. But when he goes to her, you can kind of see that she's avoiding it, but they don't really play it up. It's just kind of, like, implied. But the moment he asks her uh, to get the divorce papers or a pen or something like that, and she goes to the glove department. The first time we see her hand, the first time the divorce papers are mentioned, you see her wedding ring. Yeah. And you see where she's kept them. And you automatically know where she's at 100%. with the divorce. And like you said, it was such a small touch. They ne- they never zoom in on that. Um, but other, other than to, to show her covering it up with the other ring, they partly give but up when they, But when they first yeah. show it, they just show her still wearing the ring, and you know everything you should know about that. A hundred percent. And because here's the thing: if they showed her covering it, that would have been like a whole. Oh, he brought Melissa here. I need to like play up, like whatever. But the mere fact that you see the ring before that moment, yeah. shows you that she never took it off. And what's really interesting is that you know you're introduced to Bill at this moment where he's trying to get um, Helen Hunt to sign these divorce papers. But at the same time, he's so willing to, like, let it go when it comes to, like, oh, wait, there's some storm stuff that's going on. And he's like, well, I will divert my attention from the thing I originally came here for because this is so much more interesting. Well, they share a passion. They share the passion. You see that they share a passion. You see that... Again, they tell you all of this without telling you any of this, that this is what brought them together. Because he, he is very much just like a... 
you don't know what happened. You don't know the backstory. You know that they got divorced. Yeah. And but he's not bitter. He's not like no. the angry ex. He's they literally do, just they like, do have a weird fight in the truck at certain points. But it's just like back but, and forth bittering. But yeah. it makes sense. It's yeah. just like what I'm saying is when you first see him and Melissa. It's not like he brought Melissa around to flaunt her or anything. It's literally he's moved on. That's what it is. And they handle it throughout the movie like, hey, this is a guy who's just trying to move on with his life. Um, I do have a problem. They kind of make fun of the fact that he's like a, a weatherman. They're yeah, like, oh, yeah. you being a weatherman now? Well, it's also interesting because when uh, uh, Joe, uh, Helen Hunt, when she goes over to Melissa, uh, played by the Gertz, um, <laughs> uh, the first thing the Gertz says is, oh, I know it's fast. Like, yes. it's it's constantly like, like they felt insecure about even doing this yes. from the get-go. Yes. So when it falls apart, you're not like, oh, well, they were going to get married. What's up? Yeah. Like, Which I will say, like... I, I, I had thought of something that I had been uh, brought to my attention not too long ago is the idea of the the other person. You know, in yeah. any romantic comedy, there's always, like, the original boyfriend mm-hmm. who you're supposed to, like, not want to be with whoever yeah. the protagonist is. And I wanted to watch and see how they played this woman. Sure. Because I was like, is she just supposed to be, like, this fighty girl who we don't care about yeah um but no they make her fully realized too she's fully realized she has a she has a job yeah that's not it's not something basic she is a doctor and also like yes like after she goes through a few dangerous things she's like i can't hang with this anymore but in the beginning she's like no i'm interested in this i want to learn she's 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 down to learn more about him yeah she's even like a bunch of times when we'll get into this where bill paxton's like Hey, um, go ride with Rusty because I'm gonna go sh- like ride with my ex. She doesn't even make a big she deal about it. She never questions that. She's just like, all right, as long as you're okay, and just like whatever. Like she's like, is Billy okay? Is he all right? Like yes. that's all she cares about. Like, yo, Gertz. You- this is what I'm saying. It's like I, her character was another one of the highlights for me. Yeah, because I will say that the way they treat women. You know how I am. I'm always like looking at how they treat all these minority characters. Yeah. And first of all, I was like, for this to be in Oklahoma, they did include a black guy in the cast. I was like, they didn't have to do that because it's Oklahoma and I don't honestly expect to you know see what? I It was so funny because when I was watching this movie, I was like, this is the one movie where I'm like, you know what? I'm cool with an all-white cast yes. <laughs> because only white people wouldn't be crazy <laughs> yes. enough to exactly. chase it, it makes sense. It's true to yeah. um, who we believe these characters And also the be. area. And to the area. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like the black guy that we see, he's not from Oklahoma. No. He is uh, part of the other, like the rival yeah. team. Um, you know what? Another character I like, and I don't recall her name, so forgive me, is um, her, her, the actress anyway, but Helen Hunt's aunt, I thought was a great uh, Aunt, I think Aunt it's like May. Aunt May. Yeah, something like that. Which is, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but I love that scene where all of them are there. It just felt like Thanksgiving at someone's house where everyone Aunt is May. family. Aunt Meg. You, you know what? She's serving up food to everyone. She's just glad to have everyone here. She she feels like that grandma that you all know. So when she becomes in danger and the whole team's like rallying around yes. it, you're like, I'm, Rusty I'm with you. climbs up the... He's yeah. like, no, we're going in. And again, they, they do... That really, she is well versed. She doesn't come in and she's not like, oh, Bill, why are you with this girl? You know, like, there's no. so many beats I expected them to hit. And instead, what yeah. she does, she goes to Joe and she's like, he didn't keep up his end of the deal. Like, what? Of being, like, being miserable after you guys separated. And I was like, all right, so not only is Aunt Meg like, not being mean to the new girl or anything like that, she's, she is like, by the way, my family, my blood, 
you're kind of on the wrong end of, of this, and I understand that it's hard, but you'll get through it. You know, it's just kind yeah. of like a, she's spouting this wisdom, and she's doing this thing. And there was and, never, like, yeah, you're right. There was a, that conversation where Joe's getting out of the shower, and she's alone with her aunt. I was expecting there to be that conversation of, like, almost like, well, give me the dish, give me the dirt. But yeah. she doesn't do anything. this that. new girl yeah. or, like, anything like she that. She just was just like, hey, I can understand what you're feeling without you having to say anything. Yep. It sounds like old times down there. I know this is probably hard for you, blah, blah, blah. But she's just this nurturing, supportive figure who I wonder, too, like, in the beginning, the cold open, obviously, Joe loses her dad. We never hear what happens with her mom. Yes. And I'm assuming that this something happened to where this aunt is now her parental figure. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah and you kind of get that. But again, I like... Um, I'm always looking, because we were huge fans of the Bechtel cast, yeah. and I am looking to see how they talk. And, again, Aunt Meg mostly talks to her about work. Yeah, That's, like, the first thing they're talking about is work and, like, all this other stuff. Uh, even when she's... Uh, before they go to Meg's, it's her crew who's just gonna like you know Meg's not too far yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they're like what no we're not gonna go bother my aunt I mean yeah <laughs> and also to I, I don't know if this is expected to be like a southern hospitality thing but um uh Joe Helen Hunt is mad um cool and civil with the Gertz. Yes. She's explaining her stuff. She's talking her through it. She's like, hey, this is what's going on. There's only one moment at a diner where the Gertz is like, hey, I don't know if you're trying to get back with Billy, but that shit ain't cool with me. And and Hella Hunt's like, you know what? Let me buy your coffee. Have a yeah, good day. Yeah, and it's, it's this moment and I liked it because it's the one moment, and this is, this is kind of the point where, and we'll get more into this in, in the bad, it's the point where uh, the Gertz goes from being Dr. Melissa yeah. to this person who we're supposed to start to turn against but you know what i didn't feel like we were ever supposed to turn against because the entire time i'm like gertz no you need to do something about what i'm saying is they they do kind of set it up to where she says this out of nowhere and helen hunt's just like what like you know she just kind of looks at her like what why would you mention that but as the audience especially now we're like no she should definitely have had this conversation. 100%. Did she approach it properly? Maybe not. Yeah. But this needed to happen because she's not crazy. Yeah. And you're right. They're like, I'm just saying that there's moments and beats when she starts to be like, this is crazy. What are you guys doing? Sure. And it's made to seem like, oh, see, she doesn't share the passion. Yeah. And you're like, no, she's a normal person. <laughs> and I think, you know what? Like, that's why I kind of like, like this, uh, love triangle because I don't feel like we're ever really supposed to hate Melissa, uh, the Gertz's character, but I think it's supposed to be evident to everyone that she's that out of place. She's out of place in this group of people who love what they're doing. Absolutely. Everyone is obsessed with this. No one more than these two. These two, the the two leads. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask what you thought about Carrie Ewell's. I don't know how to last. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, mean, I don't know how to say his name either. Uh, uh, Jonas. Yeah. So I was gonna say Jonas is another one of the ones where I watched it and originally I have to admit this. The thing we're still in the good. I liked about this script because it shows you these characters and you're like, oh, I know what we're going to do with this guy. Yeah. I like to feel it. And then they almost always don't. Like, they yeah. set it up where you're like, oh, God, familiar beat. Oh, wait. I actually think that this was smart to be in here. And you know what? <laughs> Much like Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, where I felt like if another actor played him, if, like, Jack Black was in that role, I don't know that I would like yes. it as much. Yes. I love Carrie Ewells. I yes. like him in everything. I think he and was And I great. thought he was, even as an asshole, he was just charming and he was... He, 
he, here's the thing. First of all, he comes in, and you can tell that he's the pretty boy. You can tell. Yeah. I do. I think it's funny that they're like, oh, he sold out to Big Pharma or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he was like, like, he sold out to, to big businesses. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Even if he succeeds, like, <laughs> everyone else still wins. Like, we're still getting he, better alerts. They say things like, he's he's in it for the money, not for the science. Yeah. And you're like, I don't think other people really results are results <laughs> yeah. yeah but and i was like i get that he's supposed to be the yeah. bad guy because i did this. question that and part of the bad i was like <laughs> is he a bad guy now? yeah we'll, we'll get to that and so but you're right i again i liked the cast i think everyone played their roles there are moments with each of the characters where i'm like and we'll talk about this in the bad i'm like i don't feel like this felt true to the character this, yeah this particular scene but overall especially in the beginning i think everyone is so they they're they're cast really well and you hit all of the beats um one last thing i wanted to uh, one of my last notes for the good um that i wanted to mention was i had talked a little bit about the practical effects but when we go to um aunt uh meg at meg when they go to rescue her we're introduced to uh wakita kansas is that what it is yeah. wakita? um so we had seen this image previously before and it's like this all-american downtown area and when we come back everything is destroyed yes. and we're seeing like real houses we're seeing everything i come to find out that the the, the movie studio actually destroyed real shit in this yeah. town and then paid to redo everything yeah, so it. you're seeing actual uh, effects and destruction and i thought that just made it so much more grounded it felt like you were at some kind of like red cross um post you know yeah. uh disaster area and it <laughs> which goes back to the whole this is real these these yeah i was gonna say i like even the opening scene is great because you see um joe's family and again these are real people yeah her father isn't some hollywood handsome hunk which we would have you know we would have yeah. gotten kurt russell to play at sure sure yeah they look like and her people. mom is like a normal woman american woman who would be from this town and i was like i like that we are seeing again when we're telling real stories i like that this is a real town and it feels lived in yeah um and for me that was one of the highlights of this sure. is that it shows you diversity. Even when we go back to it, even like the women, each main woman that we see, um, they have like a different passion, but it's never like, they're not ever like peg hold. Like uh, Aunt Meg, she's nurturing, but she's also an artist and she yeah, has her yeah. own thing. And then even later on, she doesn't like live to serve these people. We see her later on reading the book and watching the movie. She has a full life. She's yeah. not sad and pining or like, you know, no. old and like put in a corner. She's lively. Yeah. And then of course, um, Joe and then the other female storm chaser. These are women in STEM and we see them very passionate, yeah. very knowledgeable. I thought I had actually misremembered and I thought the movie gave, uh, Bill, the idea for the uh, spinners. No, yeah. And then I watched it, and I was like, no, it's Joe's idea. Yeah. So, again, this these are intelligent women. And to your point about, like, how these look like real people, as beautiful as the Gertz always is, as beautiful as Helen Hunt is, I never felt like they're so dialed up to they look out of place. Like, yeah. everyone feels real. It's I'm not seeing Scarlett Johansson in full hair and makeup chase yes. after a storm. Like exactly. this is this feels like like I don't even think I feel like Helen Hunt is wearing little to no makeup in this. Like yeah. she just feels like a country girl. She and, de she yeah. definitely feels like this. She feels like she's from this town. Where she's worked on the farm. She's she's done this and, and the yeah. the thing that makes Melissa out of character is not her being this young 
dumb bimbo. They which could have made gotten. her so annoyed. It yeah. is the fact. It is literally just the fact that she's a coastal girl. Yeah. You know, they, these are these are. Uh, this is everyone. This is MAGA country. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is like these are all American um, farmers and sure. the, that kind of rural lifestyle. And Melissa is a doctor, and she's a sex therapist, and she's um, you know she's an all white. She's just not prepared. She's not prepared. I will yeah. say that. And one of the other things is that I don't. I, again, I never felt like. Um, her reasoning for leaving really had to do with anything more than she just couldn't hang. Like, this was, it got to the point where she was like, not only do I feel like I'm losing my partner in this, but this is getting to the point where this isn't for my own well-being. Well, also, I mean, let's just remember, right after she leaves, a car just flew at her face. First of all, the first time when she's like, where's my trunk? And the trunk just lands in front of Melissa. She reacts like a person does. And she's just like, and I was just like, yes. I like that they didn't just brush this off. And she's like, oh my God, I survived. She's like, no. She's like, what the fuck just happened? And I love the (laughs) juxtaposition of Bill comforting her while the rest of the team is cheering and screaming. And like, oh my God, that was crazy. And And Bill kind of like looking over like, that used to be me. Well, not only that, but like Helen Hunt, it's like this moment where they're like, she's going to be okay. And it's like, he kind of feels, I feel like he's a little embarrassed by her, but also you understand that she's 100% justified. Like I said, there's usually in these movies, you would expect the other woman to be like this ditzy girl who like just can't hang because she's young and she's inexperienced and all this other stuff. This is just a a normal non-thrill seeker. She doesn't have, and what I also really like is, she doesn't have this death wish that Joe seems to have. No. And the moment Joe's like, I want to see it, I'm like, oh, this girl has it. Death wish. Yeah. She is doing this because it's her passion, but a part of her also wants to die. It, it, it felt like um, there was like Joe had like, and we'll get into this, but like towards the end, I was just like, oh, she wants revenge. Yes. Like she wants revenge against these tornadoes. And that's the thing. Like it's there's this moment there. Oh, there's that moment that we, we were talking about earlier where, uh, or it's kind of, it's a pivotal moment in. Melissa and Bill's relationship. And it's when Melissa overhears Bill talking to Joe. Yeah. And he has, he's like, you're overlooking, you're so focused on the past, you're overlooking what's right in front of you. Me, Joe. Me, Joe. And for personally, I was like, I don't feel like that's enough to, because he never once was like, you know, I, I like, I miss us or anything like that. He was just like, you're forgetting that I'm here for you. I've always been here for you. And that was, in my mind, that's one of the reasons why we never made it. It's because you just constantly are consumed with the past. Yeah. And I thought that that was actually really relevant, but they kind of play it as like, see, there was no way this was going to work between them two. And I was like, I don't feel like that's true. Yeah. But I wish he would have honestly like, and all right, I'm just going to say, I like that scene because they acknowledge that she, that this is more than just thrill seeking. We're getting more, uh, like kind of, a. You know, we see the cold opening, and now we're seeing the results of this girl who lived through that cold opening. Absolutely. And, like, what her true motivation is for what why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anything else on the good? Um, you know what? I don't think so. I think <laughs> the only thing else I was going to say is the good. It's, it's again, it's, it's part of the cold opening. But the whole, uh, the lines from here... 
So there are like a couple of lines that I really love. Like, first of all, we got cows. It's like to this day, I'm like, I gotta go. We got cows. It's I love that line. I don't know why. It just makes no sense, but it's amazing because you're also like, there's a cow. In the and it's so funny because I remember seeing this in theaters, 1996. Yeah. Um, and I there's something so iconic about that fucking cow. It is. To where, like, even on, like, I feel like on the movie poster, or, like, I feel well, like there's some... In the some, movie poster, yeah. and then also in the, um, in the experience, the Twister experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have the cow. The cow's not in the movie there, yeah. but he is, they brought in, because I don't know why, but for everyone, that cow, the idea that this cow could move and like yeah. all this other stuff. I think it was also included in the trailer, too, yes. they had the cow featured. So, we got yeah. cows. And then later on, Aunt May's just like, oh, you have a lot of beef. Did you see my cows outside? <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> so there's that, and then also, uh, what else? We're going through, or something like that. Yeah. There's just, there are all these lines that I remembered from my childhood. Uh, did you have any that you No, remember? well, just, like, there's a bunch of, like, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but, like, <laughs> they have all these, like, uh, Stormcatcher lingo, like, this one's a Sidewinder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cheesy, but as a kid, I was like, the fuck, you got a Sidewinder. But also, no, also, I, I believe, like, again, I don't know how much of this is accurate, but it kind of feels like, no, of course you would have nicknames for them. You know, you would have, like, all these reasonings that you did stuff, um, or, like, this is kind of where we blend the line of good and bad. There's yeah. the idea that Bill is just like this. <laughs> There's a scene from the moment it happened where it's the very first time Bill goes outside. He takes a look at the horizon. Yes. He takes up the sand. Yes. I brought one. You, you speak to those colors of the wind, boy. <laughs> he drops, and this is in my, this is 100% in my bad category. He stands outside. They're talking about like, Bill can just talk to the, he just hears the storms. He goes outside, he lifts up some sand, he watches it fall, and he's like, storms that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, come on. Again, I was Are like, you Native American? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Like I, said, I was like, the moment I just saw Colors of the Wind playing in my head. Like, he's that. He's the wind whisperer. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny because that's like what he's played as. Like, everything is just, and that's kind of. Well, let's get into yeah, that. All right, let's, let's get, get into, into that. that. All right, so getting into that, playing off of that, kind of the, what bothered me is this idea of. Bill is just, like, inherently good at this. Again, Joe has worked toward this, and she's intelligent, mm-hmm. but Bill, he just gets he just, he just, he just, He just gets it. He just knows them. He knows he, the way that they think. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not fueled by anything um, other than what seems to be curiosity. He doesn't yeah. have a backstory like Joe's to, to tie him to this. He just seems like he's just in it. Very true. I will say that before we even get too far into this, of all of the cast members, Bill Paxton is my least favorite. Really? Not only that, and this may just be me, I, rest in peace, I do not like Bill Paxton. <sighs> and I think that's because you don't like Bill Paxton. I like Bill Paxton. Okay, okay, so... And, and also, again, Big Love. Have you ever seen Big Love? I have not. Watch Big Love and then tell me you don't like Bill I'm Paxton. saying that <laughs> of feature films, Aliens, Terminator, um, uh... Uh, Titanic. Anytime I've seen Bill Paxton, I just he's come off douchey. It's the way he speaks. It's that little that Luke yeah. Perry squint in <laughs> yeah. his eye. I just I really just did not. Um, although I will admit that him and Helen Hunt did have chemistry. I yeah. just didn't like him in this movie. You know, honestly, I can't say 
So they said that they originally wanted Tom Hanks. 100%. And I immediately was like, I could see that. And, and when I was watching this movie, I was like, I, even before I knew, I was like, I wish Tom Hanks was in this movie. Really? I was like, I, because I can see him and Helen Hunt having chemistry. I can see him being this kind of likable all-American guy as well. Um, and, uh, you know, the reason why uh, Bill Paxton is in this movie was because James Cameron, who puts Bill Paxton in fucking everything, <laughs> recommended him after Tom Hanks, who... Even Tom Hanks went as far as to like pick wardrobe yeah. and go on set and read with the cast. Um, so kind of disappointing. But also, if you look at where Tom Hanks's career was at the time, this movie does not make sense. If this was before League of Their Own, maybe. But this is post Philadelphia, post Forrest Gump, post Apollo thirteen. Yeah, like, he this, didn't need this. He didn't need. This. He didn't yeah. need this. But I also I don't know. I think that it's not to say that Bill Paxton couldn't the role couldn't have been played by anyone else. But there is a earthiness to him. I will give you that. There is, he feels like he's from this area. He feels like he would drive that truck. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Which again, I want to say it's interesting to watch movies now and like and compare it because I feel like the truck is made a big deal out of, but never really played up for like sponsorship. Whereas now we would have gotten like a 10 minute view on 100%. what kind of Dodge Ram this yeah, yeah, truck yeah. was. So I just thought that was really funny. But um, no, he feels like he would drive that truck. He feels like the kind of guy who grew up in this area who would use who used to do this, who in fact did was naked. Throwing um, beers into the wind. That I believe. Yeah, that's the Bill Paxton I believe. This new Bill Paxton, I'm not buying, and I don't even know that Bill Paxton is buying. Well, so, and I think that's kind of like what's good about the character. It's he's supposed to be this reformed guy. You can tell that for whatever reason, and I liked that it wasn't motivated by Melissa. But for whatever reason, he left this life. He was getting his act together. Well, he, he even says is, to Joe during one of their fights, he's like, you know, I wanted stability. I wanted yes, a family. You didn't like, know I what marriage was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously Joe is just so tied to this passion that she's not willing to like, but again, not, it's, it's not just that she was tied to the passion. It's that she had this death wish, Yeah, which I thought was just really important. But I, I, it's interesting that you don't like his character the most when I feel like not being in love with his character is what makes it kind of okay for it. Because like, if he would straight up leave Melissa or like, you know, that whole thing, then I and he was like the good guy. It well, was it would be like a sour. I will say now. this: the character of Bill, I'm on board with. You just didn't like. I didn't. Out. I didn't like him particularly. Uh, all right, let's let's move right, on. From yeah, that. Okay, so as much as I like the cold open, I did have some issues. Um, <laughs> first of all. Do tornadoes growl like a lion? Because several <laughs> times throughout this movie, anytime there's like a tornado coming, there's this growling sound. I am from Central Florida. <laughs> we have tornadoes along with our hurricanes. They always tell us, hey, tornadoes sound like a freight train. Like, it's like this. Yeah. yeah it's like a train sound. It's not this. I, I looked it up. It said the director put on a camel moan <laughs> above the tornado for that sound. And it just, to me, it just immediately took me out of it. Because you're seeing young Joe in the bed, and you're hearing this growl coming from outside. Almost like, I was like, is there a monster outside? And maybe it was more metaphoric, but I just wasn't. It just immediately had me ask questions. So, and then I think for me, one of the things that I found interesting, I guess, and I wanted to know was like, in this town, in this area, where the tornadoes are so prevalent... Tornado Alley, that's what it's are, called. <laughs> ...are so prevalent that they come here to chase them. Why are there no tornado sirens? 
Like why yeah. they're not there's not one single warning sent. Every single time a tornado is comes, not only does it catch everyone by surprise, which is part of nature, and I get yeah. that, but like no one seems prepared. They were watching a movie yep. with lightning on in the background. I was like, what movie theater is like, oh, you know, it's a storm on the yeah, horizon, yeah. but we're just going to Hey, guys, <laughs> we've had like 20 tornadoes in the last day and a half. Let's do this movie screening, right? And that was one of the other things. I felt like as much as I love every tornado scene for the action, it didn't feel realistic to have that many tornadoes back to back to back to back. Again, so I, as they're storm chasers, I don't know. Yeah. So like for me, it's like a no. And I mean, the fact that we go to Wakita or whatever. Yeah. Um, again, it's like wherever they go, they are traveling. So it's not like it's happening in the exact same town over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like oh, it's just in this area. They're going all over the state, in my mind. I mean, we don't really know. We don't really get a, a, a huge map, but they talk about Kansas. So you know that they've gone from one area to the next. But for me, it's more so of the whole, this entire area, this entire state. Sure. Not once was there a warning. And don't get me wrong, I understand that like even three minutes isn't enough, but we not, no one is ever, it's just always Bill being like, Tornado coming, everyone. There's a tornado on the yep. horizon. And also, too, if it's like, <laughs> hey, we get a three-minute heads up when tornadoes are coming. Oh, hey, we got a call that there's tornadoes happening two towns away. We can make it, right? <laughs> I thought there was only three minutes. How are you getting there? Very good point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, that that again, my mind just was like, does no one in town like what would you do if Bill Paxton wasn't here? Would yeah. tornadoes just show up? And yeah. like, <laughs> it's like we need a Bill Paxton in every town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, hey, here's here. Let's talk logic. Let's talk yeah. logic. Okay, let's go. You are building a storm shelter. Yes. Do you you know that you have less than three minutes prep before the storm hits? Yes. Do you build the storm shelter a half mile walk from the rest of your house? I don't know. That's a very good point. Why not the basement? Do we not have cellars? Like, why not build it closer to the home? Why not have a tunnel from the home to the, like, why? why? Again, I don't know how storm shelters work, so maybe that is just, like, a thing. Well, I, you know what? I don't know how storm shelters work. I know how bathroom doors work, and they <laughs> apparently have the same locking system as this storm shelter does. <laughs> Very true. It was I like a little it. latch key. Yeah, I was watching it, and I was just like, "Okay, right, first of all, I kind of blame you, number one, <laughs> because as you said, it's just like you just use the bathroom lock. Doesn't seem yeah. smart. But again, this is supposed to be 1969, so maybe we just didn't have the deadbolts that we have now. I don't know. Then number two is it seems like once the door was off the hinges, yeah, everyone was fine. Uh, as long as you were in the back of the cell. Yeah. So why did Papa go to the front if everyone else... Why not hold including your the dog. Yeah. <laughs> hold your family in the back and, like, bunker down. Like, what are you doing? This isn't a, a negative for the script, but it's definitely a negative for society. How they're like, Toby! Toby didn't come! Look, if Toby knew... Toby no. knew. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I thought... I was going to question the whole dog thing because they have a dog and Aunt Meg has a dog. But, like... It's that little element, like, is the dog okay? Like, it's yeah. that suspense that's running. I actually didn't mind yeah, the dog. No, thing. no, no. What I'm saying is the idea, you're right. Bill Paxton goes in for the dog, and it's like, after he removes the dog, the entire house crumbles. Yes. It's like, a, how about if the house crumbled and we were all like, oh, shit, Aunt May was almost in there. They're yeah. like, no, we needed the dog uh, to right. really raise the stakes. And it's just yeah. like, a, we really don't care about other people so no. much. <laughs> because even in Independence Day, it's just like, there's that whole thing where the dog almost doesn't make it into the cellar. Forget that 
everyone else in New York just died. Yes. The dog made it, and so everything's gonna be okay. Um, <laughs> okay, question for you. Another question I have for I you. I love these questions. Keep them coming. Um, so you're, you're, you're getting a divorce. Yes. And you're like, oh, I have to have my ex sign papers. Yes. Why not bring my new girl with me? <laughs> so I don't know why, but they do kind of make it seem like, like again, this this seemed out of, like, they were, like, going somewhere else. or it's, It wasn't, she didn't come specifically for this, but they came to see Joe specifically for this. I don't know. When I saw that, I was just like, that's a white man right there. Oh, that absolutely. Who was like, oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll bring my new chick to get my old chick. But up. again, I don't think he, I think it's a white man in the sense that he didn't even consider. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, oh, this will probably make Joe upset. There was, there was yeah, no, that. no thought. No thought was this, this will probably bother my new fiance. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this will cause some problems. I anticipate all that shit. Yeah, exactly. if, I know, if you knew that your new I've had this conversation. Your boyfriend was going to meet your ex. Yes. Are you freaking out at all? Again, all the time. And it's more so like I've had this conversation because some of my exes are my friends. And I'm like, we dated. I just need you to know this. And it's more so not that there's anything else. I just don't want it to come out that we dated. And you're like, you're hiding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the whole thing. But as you said, it's just very much like a, this is a kind of a tense thing. We're going to make it. He just kind of like doesn't even, he's like, oh. Downplays. He goes, so we can get out of here. Wait, you brought her? Oh, yeah, she's here. It's just like a... Now, do they live in the area? It seems like, based on no, Gertz's character, they're coastal now. Like, Yeah, he, they're coastal. He's moved. So, so... I, again, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it doesn't... This is their truck. Did they drive down? Yeah, they, they drove here. About the truck. They drove here. So there must have been something else, but we never hear about that. Also, the other thing I'm kind of upset about is that... We uh, we get hints of it. I would really like to know exactly how long Gertz and Paxton were together. Well, you're right. It seems like it's been like six months. Because it seems like, oh, it's very fast. I understand. Like, the first thing Gertz says is she's like, I'm so, I know this seems fast. But, like, it also seems like the Gertz has no idea who Paxton is. Like, she, he has... Well, again, if you and I have talked about this before about uh, 90s men. Yeah, and there's is this whole idea of men in the '90s not being as open and communicative as we are, and I say that with uh, as we are now, and I say that because there is this whole idea where she's just like, I didn't know this about him, I don't know this side, and it's like I don't. That's not even though that's not healthy, and I see that it's negative. I'm not surprised by that because for this time, there's this whole thing. He's like, well, that's my old life. And why would I tell you? You know, it's just like, a, I'm a man. I don't talk about emotions. And I, I just know. like, how many dinners, think about actual dates. Yeah. How many dinners do you have to have with someone before they're like, oh, you know, I used to chase storms and I used to do all well, no. this. Well, she, she knew that he did, but. So you he, think he downplayed he it? He downplayed it because she says, when you said that you used to chase tornadoes. I thought it was a metaphor. I thought it was a metaphor. Yeah. And that's that means, like, you're right. He never shared with her the stories of what's going on. Which, by the way, if someone I was dating was like, oh, yeah, I used to chase tornadoes. I'm like, we need to talk about that. Details. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. details. I, want, I want stories. The fact that she heard that and, like, took the sip of shirt and I was like, huh, interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he used to be a storm changer. Now, all right, let's talk about the Gertz for a second. Because okay. the Gertz is supposed to be a psychologist. Yes. Yet it seems as though it takes her way too long to figure out that her new man is in love with his ex. And yes. and that thing, I was just like, they couldn't have made her any other doctor. Because to me, that makes it seem like she's she's not... Again, what this is this was my bad as well. It's like they even though she is a doctor and I think that's great, 
it's also this part where it's supposed to be made fun of. Like she, yeah. like they're like she's a therapist. Oh, you're a therapist? Oh, why, why would I need therapy? Um, why is there anything wrong with going to therapy? But again, this is in the '90s when like going to therapy has seemed like people with problems go. Yeah, to yeah, totally. People who need help, and you're like, yep. First of all, people with problems and people who need help, but that applies to almost everyone. But it still seems like this elitist thing and people who don't have real problems. Yes. Um, what and, what but, I would have loved is if there was at least one scene while they're driving around after all these tornadoes where the Gertz and Paxton are in a car and the Gertz is like, is there anything that you're feeling towards your ex that you want to talk about? Something yeah, that she's like, hey, she's, I'm hip to what's going on. And then he downplays like, you have nothing to worry she about. She applies her work, her work to her relationship 100%. at this point in time. You're right. That would have been definitely something I would like to see because um, this is what I was saying. It's like, there, there's this moment where I kept looking at it to see why they were showing her working. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, was it going to be like this whole thing? It was like, she's this workaholic who doesn't have time for him. But no, she she has time for him and for her um, her clients. And so I think that's interesting that they chose to show that. But it's also played, again, as like this, oh, she's a therapist. Yeah. and like, She's a coastal elite person. She, she probably has a drinks- cell phone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because they're like confused. It's like, yeah. what's that noise? Oh, she has a cell phone. Yeah. She probably drinks Evian water. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like a... That's one of the things I, that I didn't like. And then when she leaves, at least the read that I got it, the beat that I got on it was again, because she's coastal, she's too not uppity for this life, but it's just like a she can't hang. Yeah, like, there was there was parts that like uh they're at Aunt Meg's and like they're giving her like all this food and telling her how good it is, and she's just looking at it like I don't again, want because you would kind of expect her to be like. I, I was waiting for her to say that she was vegan or something. Yeah. Like, nowadays, she would have totally been like, oh, I'm vegan, and it would have been, like, this moment. But they don't. She's just kind of looking at all of this food, which, by the way, when we think about it, not the healthiest of foods. I mean... But it's the 90s. Would, like, <laughs> would I kill for a steak in those mashed potatoes? Hell's... Yeah. yeah. If someone's <laughs> like, hey, this gravy's crack, I'm like, I'm jumping. Uh, you and me both, buddy. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, one of those things where it's like, we would totally love it. But there's part of her character that's supposed to seem elitist and removed and does she have a southern twang to her as she well she kind of does and so that's why i'm like where is she supposed to be like if she had kind of a a, a, a more of a new york accent or something to but she's not new york she she's, seems southern she yeah. is she's but like i could see her being like from atlanta or yeah uh, but i just felt like especially the food scene for someone from the south should not have had that reaction yeah yeah you're right i mean it's just she's she's just seen as uh, I can't think of anything other than like uh, country cosmopolitan. Yes, you know like I mean? a W tone. Yeah, yeah, that's where she's like supposed to be painted, and that's what I had negative to say about her because I liked the first half of this movie, but in the second half is when we get her being kind of portrayed as someone who's too good for this world. Again, she's someone who can't hang with this crew, and you're like, this woman just experienced several life-threatening moments and she was good up until the fifth one i'm yeah. sorry if by the fifth yeah. time i almost died she she is <laughs> she is so on board with way more than i would have ever been oh, i would be like y'all call me <laughs> and that's why i was like i either wanted it to be she left because um of this growing sexual tension between these two or 
these storms are just way too intense. And she understands that Billy is happier here. Yes. I felt like because they tried to merge the two, I didn't get enough of either to feel satisfied. And with... she, when, when she leaves, she says something like, um, I don't think this is going to work or like, you know, like you're happier here or something like that. And she goes, and I don't feel bad. What does that say? Yeah. And then you just kind of lean it. And it's just like, again, it's like a, so we're supposed to kind of put the, some of the onus on her. And it's just like, but that wasn't there. There's nothing about that that tells us that she should have been like. Which is so funny because the entire time I was watching the movie, I read it as, "Wow, Bill Paxton is a douchey fiance. Like he's consistently like brushing his fiance's side so he can go hang out with his ex. He's constantly like ignoring her when she's going through all this life like threatening circumstances. Understanding, I mean, he goes there to come for her in moments, but he immediately leaves it. And he's like, "Let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again." He's never like, "Hey, are you?" okay with this yeah like, there's never that conversation well i think it's like he keeps trying to put her away and he keeps being like you go back to the hotel you stay here he keeps trying to like you can see he's kind of addressing it but like in his own selfish way you know what i mean it's, it's just it like, seems that at, at, like i question i was like all right you were gonna marry this girl but you want her to stay in the hotel while you go play with your friends like yeah let's and, talk and, no no and i agree with that yeah. and i think also um, I mean, there's even like moments where it's like, she's kind of uncomfortable with Rusty. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. Why put her with the most over the top person in your crew? Yeah. And uh, like, again, I, not that there's saying that, um, there's anything Im- implied by Rusty, but it's just yeah. like, she seems like un- uncomfortable around him. Yeah. And he's just like, you go with Rusty. You like, you know, this, this is the person who I'm going to stick you with. You're being babysat. And then also another scene again, not to like really pull out the strings, but just there are things that they do to her where, um, there's a scene where I think right after they do the truck or something, he's like, why about you go get us some lemonades? And she, this, this, educated woman who's like yeah i'll go get us some lemonade i'm a doctor i don't need to get anyone lemon like i wish there was just a point where she's like you're not appreciating me for me yeah there's that or i would have liked it if again for me it would have been different if he was just like hey do you want some lemonade you know let's get a drink or let's something like that and she and she was like he doesn't even drink the damn lemonade oh my god he leaves and then like yeah but okay so that was one of my bad um and then the the thing with the tornadoes of course um and the fact that no one seems prepared outside of bill paxton 100 and 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 here's the other thing okay so carrie ewells that's where i was going next yeah i'm happy you're right carrie ewells is accused of stealing the idea for this machine yet it seems as though they're the what you know the twister crew whatever you want to call them paxton's group it seems like their thing is a real like you know backyard like something they just kind of put together in the junkyard uh, Carrie Ewells has like corporate funding. He's constantly talking to networks. Like apparently their shit's thought out too. I was yeah. like, are there no patents? Like, why are you fist fighting over this like stolen idea? Well, again, well, what they say, and I think it's very interesting because to me it was kind of like a uh, social network type yeah. situation where he goes, "You stole my idea." He goes, "Unactualized idea." He's like, "You uh, like you had the idea. I." put it to paper. Yeah. I made it work. So, I mean, it's like, whose IP is this technically? Yeah. Because you're right. Maybe you had the idea, but you didn't put any work behind it. As a matter of fact, we know you didn't put any work behind it yeah. because Dorothy was made by Joe and her crew. Yeah. You didn't do anything. So, you're not mad at Joe um, for making it, Dude. but you are mad at him and because this he makes, got money and financing. Yes. And this makes me question again 
how long Bill has been gone from the group because apparently in that time they've constructed this whole thing and no one's thought to call him and be like, yo, as of the, you were our best friend for so many years, this is what we're doing. Yeah. So it just, yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, and then when it, when, when Carrie's, when yes. Jonas dies, Jonas another dies. one of the issues I have is that whole, again, is the little moments where it seemed out of character, which is like this guy who is supposed to be an asshole and all this other stuff, but also supposed to be somewhat of a tornado expert. Yeah, he, he just, just doesn't like, seem to know jack shit he about tornadoes. He seems to be so well. They kind of say that he's not as good at and or he doesn't have like he, the intelligence. He, he, he can't, can't talk to the storm. He can't talk to the wind the yeah. way that Bill does, and I and I get that, but. Two things that I had wrong with this. One, he takes Eddie with him. And I'm like, why did Eddie have to die? Yeah. Who did Eddie do? Why couldn't Eddie be someone who's like, you know what? I'm turning this car around. You know, I don't feel like it's safe. And him being like, I'll do it myself. Yeah. You know, it's like that that whole moment I feel. But no, we lose Eddie on top of him being 100%. a jackass, which I have a problem with. And then the idea that he would ignore their advice while they're constantly being like. Besting again, him. Eddie. Well, not only besting him, but Eddie's like, he, I don't think he would put us in harm's way. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I didn't like that point, the fact that Eddie had to go with him. And exactly. Really me. And what I wanted out of Carrie's character, uh, Jonas's character, is that I wanted someone who was so dependent on technology, yes. where you had the, the, that. Yes. He kept following, where, yeah. He keeps following, like, he's so, like, no, the technology will lead us in the right way, where Paxton's like, no, I have natural instincts in my hunches, yes. and things like that, where I can kind of, like, have a better understanding of nature. I wish that was the thing, where, like, Jonas is maybe looking at the computer, is like, no, this is the way it's telling us that the technology isn't wrong. It never fails. It yeah. never fails, and then technology fails. Like, yeah. that's what I would have wanted to see. Which they kind of allude to very often. But it, they also allude to his stubbornness of just not yes. wanting to listen to anyone else. Exactly. And so you're right. It's like, is the problem the fact that he's stubborn, or is the problem that he's so reliant on technology, he can't see the signs? I would have much preferred, again, because he doesn't have that natural instinct, that he over... Uh, you know, compensates. compensates with this like uh, dependence on the technology, and maybe he is like a little bit more technical understanding with yeah. everything that's going on instead of just constantly like, "Hey, what's going on, guys? Someone tell me what's happening." Yeah, yeah. and following them, and it's just like again, there's like there seems to be no expertise, which I'm not to say that that never happens. Yeah, but for this character to be the biggest foe, I'm with you where it's like if he had more ideology for us to follow, or even if he was like a former intern of theirs who had no things, but he just thought he could make it based on there. Again, that would make more sense for his character to just be someone who basically used to work for them, took their technology, yeah. decided that he could do it, had no real skills, and then ended up leading himself into. And I would have also loved, and maybe this was supposed to be alluded to because Carrie, uh, Jonas, I'll say, was getting so much more press that he was so much more successful. I just w wish that maybe on one occasion he bested them. But yeah, also, his camera crew watches him die. Yeah, they film it. <laughs> Everyone, we, we just watched this, by the way, nationally renowned scientist yeah. die. Never brought up again. And Paxton <laughs> and Hunt are like, hey, from our view, we can see that you're heading down the wrong path. No one on his team's like, hey, yeah, we're back here too, and this isn't looking good for you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, he dies, and then immediately Bill's like, nothing we could have done. Now, <laughs> this gets me to my central thing that I have problem a problem with with this entire movie, which is... Each team builds what they call, um, it's like these, these sensors that yeah. they want to go into the tornado so they can get a better understanding of yeah. it. 
But, like, it seems as though this thing weighs, like, 600 pounds. It's in the back of a truck for each of them. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we're going to have two people do this in a hurry. Yeah. Why not create some kind of, like, release system? Why not have this thing where, like, hey, I'm going to pull this lever. It's going to drop down, and we're just going to keep on driving. And then, like, oh, maybe the wind knocks it down. Maybe a tree knocks it down. But I'm not and solely in charge of pulling this heavy-ass thing off of a pickup truck in, like, less than two minutes. Exactly. It's impossible. Exactly. So I just don't know what kind of results they were expecting. And I just imagine for Carrie to have that technology on the side, to have something there to yeah. kind of assist them in that way. Absolutely. Also, um, remember, the whole thing is Dorothy only works when they're together and they've, they've kind of reconnected, and he was always a solo act. So I think there's also supposed to be this whole idea of, like, collaboration versus sure, sure, like sure, making sure. it on your own. All right, so now it's time for the fix, the makeover. Um, what would you change about this? What would I change about this movie? Whew. Um, okay, so right off the bat, I'm recasting Bill. Yes. <laughs> um, if I can't get Tom Hanks, I feel like there's someone else. I know that they, they said, like, Michael Keaton. I want to say... I feel like Kurt Russell would Kurt do it. Kurt Russell was uh, was also up for it. I felt like either... The, I, I could believe Michael Keaton in this role. Um, See, I, I can, but I just... It's funny, because looking at Michael Keaton now, yeah. I just... I don't see him in this... I think it's a different movie. Well, I think in Keaton. the same year, he did, like, Multiplicity. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Multiplicity at this point But when I think about, like, his Multiplicity character... Adding it to the list. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> His multiplicity character, who was like the fix it man, who was yeah. kind of like doing the work stuff, I was like, I can see him being this kind of like country, I can fix it guy um, for for this movie. Um, but again, I'm just, I I didn't care for the lead. Um, the other thing I want to change is the Gertz's profession. I like her as a doctor. I don't like her as a therapist because I also wonder why sex sexual reproduction therapist was chosen for her role at place. Again, it just seems like it's for comedy. Yeah, it just seems like it's kind of out there and nowhere. So, like, if she's going to be something, I just don't like her being a therapist because it, it questions her intelligence for her not to see what's right in front of her. And yeah. that's just and that's just my understanding of it. Um, everyone else, I, honestly, there's so much of this movie that I like, so much I want to keep. But I will tell you, I think the entire last act of this movie needs so much work because honestly after the Gertz goes and uh, like after she (laughs) gives up on the relationship but also after she leaves and after Aunt Meg is rescued I felt like I kind of felt detached like I really just didn't care what happened next and I felt like if there was (sighs) I'm not gonna lie like I was watching this don't get me wrong I was watching this after a long weekend but after that part like after after Dorothy gets caught up I fell asleep and I'm yeah. like, oh shit, there's more to this movie. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, once, yeah, Dorothy gets caught up and then they're just kind of running for the last half. I wish it would have been this thing of maybe Dorothy didn't and then like they were running around and maybe they circled back and then like the last yes. thing was it went up because after that I'm like, well, Helen Hunt doesn't want to live anyway. <laughs> By the way, the movie ends with a town decimated. It's like, it's like, yeah. They're so excited, but and, you're like, um, that family literally lost everything. <laughs> and like, the music's kind of all over the place in this yeah, movie too. Um, so to, to answer your question, how would I fix this movie? Um, I honestly, this was the, the, the main thing. I don't know that there'd be much difference in my movie versus this movie other than a different lead, a different role for the Gertz's character, a stronger understanding of why Bill's character needs to do this as well. Um, and 
a third act that makes Dorothy and the censors going into the tornado the central part of it instead of something that's done so we can have this huge effect scene. Absolutely. Um, so that, yeah, that's... How I'm not, would you- I'm not, honestly, I thought about it and I said almost the exact same thing beat for beat. Yeah. Which is that I loved so much of the beginning of this movie is so well done and so well written that I'm not, there's not much, especially for the time, that I would change. Uh, I even like Bill Paxton's character. I don't think he's like the end of the world. Except I would change the little things about Gertz, his character. Yeah. Um, those things right there. There are a lot of decisions that are made that I'm like, that seems out of character for this particular person to make yeah. at this time. Um, same thing with um, like the understanding of like the town's folks and how tornadoes are. Yeah. Because again, no one at the drive-thru seems to know what to do in a tornado until Bill's like, Hey, go underground. And you're like, why did this person have to be the one to tell you who lives in this area? Even like, uh, there's this moment, there's a scene that I really liked where, uh, there's kind of static in the TV. And like, that's like Bill's and, and, uh, again, there's so many little things that Bill sees that he's like, Oh, a storm is coming. Yeah, exactly. But what I liked is right after that, there's like the wind kind of picks up or does something weird. Yeah. And Gertz notices, and I'm like, she's learning. Yeah, you know, it's like there's like this, which I found out. It turns out, um, scientifically, it's actually the absence of wind. Oh wow! In those places, because those areas are so used to wind. Yeah, that it's when wind goes away that it's actually like, oh shit, something's about to drop. And um, I think that's even more important. But it's it's harder to show in a movie. Sure. So, sure. But anyway, I liked that. That, but like, if the townspeople just had a better understanding of how tornadoes work and why it's going this way, I also think it would make more sense. Um, And then, as you mentioned, the soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the soundtrack's all over the place. The other thing that drove me fucking nuts with these people who are consistently running into tornadoes they don't put on any helmets. Oh, they don't like, put no on idea. any goggles. No like, you're constantly <laughs> having debris fly at you. There's wind going crazy. Joe's like, let me look. Let me look. You can't see shit, babe. I'm telling you. It's impossible. <laughs> Thank you. You actually, it, I actually forgot. That was the one note that I wrote. That was like the header of my yeah. bad. I was like, no goggles, no, no protective gear. They're just raw dogging it. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing tank tops and a necklace into a tornado. Are you not thinking about this? Absolutely. Oh, also, there was this one scene where a hubcap flies in and yeah. kind of grazes one of the crew members. I knew he was getting decapitated. I just knew he was yeah. up until we saw it just like graced him. But I think nowadays he would have definitely gotten decapitated. Now that's the other question that I was going to ask you. Like if we're thinking updating about updating this movie, updating this movie in this new post fast five world, <laughs> does this movie more violent? Is this movie more of an R is, are we seeing more, uh, you know, damage? What are we seeing to make it 2019? I don't think we have to see more gore, but I think there's someone someone outside of Carl, uh, sorry, Jonas's uh, yeah. crew, someone in our crew dies. I mean, yeah. like, that's just, that's how it goes. And I, w- I was watching it being like, oh, no one, no one in our crew dies. Yeah. It's just Jonas and his team, and then Joe's uh, mom, or Joe's father. But no one else. And so I was like, that would definitely change nowadays. And then I was looking at it and I kind of like the realism. Again, I don't, I like that. It's not like the the monster is in fact 
the storm and they're chasing the monster. The it's not even like the storm's coming after them. Yeah. It's not like you know uh, a storm with a vendetta. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> and I like that they even call out that moment where she's like, "You've never seen it go from this house and that house and come after you." And I remember that being an iconic moment. Yeah. But him being like, "Is that what you thought this yeah, storm yeah, yeah. did?" It had no, it, it was a storm. It had no motive. Um, so. So let me ask you this. What ending would you have been like, wow, that was a great ending? I think that Dorothy going up, them getting the information, um, them being able to like show it or share it with the Storm team, who we meet twice for no real reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The NSSL, I think is what Did it is. Did you like the whole, like, driving through a trailer, like, driving through a house, like, Again, avoiding all the debris? Like, I, I just felt like it got a little old after a it while. It gets to be a little much. I do like the scene where they go inside the farm and you just see all of these, like, sharp things. And he's like, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that that's a, what I thought a about funny beat, Aunt Meg, too, because she has all of these sharp objects spinning around her house like she doesn't live in Tornado Alley. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I lived in Florida. <laughs> There's certain shit you just don't have outside when there's hurricane weather. It's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So. so, I mean, I just think that um, I, I would have liked to, if we're making this modern, um, again, we would have given Gertz, as you said, a little bit more of substance. Um, and reason to leave, she yeah. would have noticed a little bit more of the tension between them. I think I would have them. maybe had her leave a little bit later. In the, just think, because I felt like there was this, like, the, the the movie was, it felt like it lost something when she left. And I don't know why. Well, uh, that, and then also for me, I kept asking myself, do we need this romance? Yeah. You know, like, there's a scene where Joe and Bill go to kiss, and it's interrupted. And they're like, hey, we got this. And I was like, I actually kind of would have liked it had they just went on from that. And they, you know, they got back up. And it turns out their passion was Dorothy. And they yeah. never really connected. But you kind of saw that they would get back together. But instead, we get this Hollywood ending where they're just, like, making out in the middle of debris. And you're like, again, destruction all around. <laughs> and you know what? I like, now that you're saying that, I like that so much better. I like the idea that this movie isn't about ex-couples who are coming back to be a couple. It's about these two people who were married. They couldn't stand to be around each other. But by the end of this movie, they realize, hey, there's life after marriage for us as friends. Exactly. I would have liked that so much more. So, so much, much more realistic. Yeah. All right. So anything else? Uh, no. You know what? I think that's all I got for this one. All right. Is this movie more good or bad? As it. I, you know what, this is, I think, our first, but I'm going to say it's more, no, because I thought Hitch was pretty good. I think this is more good than bad. Yeah, I, yeah. I think this is like an 8 on a 10. And that's just me because, you know, Roger Ebert, when he was giving his review, he was like, guys, this isn't the movie you're thinking. This is just kind of a popcorn movie. But I think that there's something so satisfying about a good popcorn movie. Absolutely. I think going to a movie and just being taken away uh, to this... Uh, you know, this feels like it's in the same league as like a um, uh, a Jaws or, or 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 something where like the the monster, like you said, isn't this abnormal thing. It's something that could be a danger to us on a regular basis, and I love that. So um, I I think it's more good than bad. Yeah. So there, uh, just wanted to make sure we asked, but I agree with you because I think that unlike Hitch, where like we wanted to change kind of like the core things that they did or Vampire in Brooklyn where like we were like, all right, the idea, good. Let's switch everything else about it. Uh, <laughs> the idea, 
good? Yeah, good. <laughs> Question mark. Um, this one, I'm like, there's just so much good here. I feel like it just was like the fine tuning didn't happen. Yeah. And as you said, it really just falls apart in the third act. Yeah. And I think that if even if you were like to end it directly after uh, Dorothy Coe's yeah. up, and that is like it hits credits, and that's all we get. I don't feel like it would be that much worse, you know, sure. worse off. So for, I, for Philip Seymour Hoffman alone, I would say watch this. Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman alone and Alan Ruck, like again, like yeah. the people who play their characters, they play them well. I just found myself for the first half of the movie, for the first time, being like, as you said, did we make a mistake even choosing this? And there's some what, something I always think about when I think about is this movie good or bad? I think is this a world that I want to stay in? Yes. Like, and I'm like, I kind of want to like if this were like a weekly like TV show, I'm like, you know what? I want to be with these group of people. I want to hang out with them. I want to go through these adventures with them. But like Vampire Brooklyn, that's not a movie. That's not a world I want to live in any longer. Like I right. gave you my 90 minutes. Let me go back to reality. also. I think for me, a a touchstone of a, a really something that's like really good is when you almost don't want to take it away. Like, like, you know, like there's always times where it's like, well, how would you remake this? And we kind of mentioned that. And it's like, well, do I want to remake it? Or is it kind of like good in, in where it's at? Yeah. Uh, And I think some movies are just perfect for when they came out and what they did. And it's not because they're dated. um, It's just because they feel right for their moment. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Movie Makeover. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J on TC. You can find me on Instagram at a braver me at dot braver dot me. And if you guys have thoughts on how to make these movies better, please write us at Movie Makeover on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email us at moviemakeoverpod at gmail.com. Join us next week for our discussion of the 1994 live-action version of The Flintstones. Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. Flintstones.